Hi, everybody. Uh, Kalen from Homo Superior, and I want to welcome you all to the Omega issue of Crossing Swords, our massive podcast crossover with five podcasts to talk about the massive X-Men crossover, Ten of Swords. So before we get started, let's do some introductions. This is Regina from House of X podcast. This is Dylan from House of X podcast. Hi, Jason from the Wolverine podcast that goes snicked. Hey, it's Evil Jeff from CBQ Legacy Comic Book Queers. This is Chandler from X Reads the Podcast. <laughs> and I'm Chris from X Reads the Podcast. And you're Brent Wingate. Okay, well, I'm Brent. <laughs> I'm Brent Wingate. <laughs> podcast, or as you may know me, Dummy Thick Ryan Crawl. <laughs> Uh, no, you're not that cool. Um, and again, this is Kalen. Um, and so we're going to do just a really quick recap of the 22 part epic storyline. Uh, I will not be able to do justice in the recap, but we're going to talk a lot about it, what we liked and what we didn't like. So, uh, Krakoa and Araco had their 22 chapter sword fight and the result was a draw, unless your name of course is Opal Luna Saturnine. While only a handful of the sword wielders actually died, including Gorgon and the Summoner, virtually no one was left unscathed. Apocalypse rejoined his estranged wife, Genesis, and Amen, while all of Araco rejoined Krakoa. Death is now a vassal of Sevalith, and while the Captain Britain Corps has returned, Betsy Braddock is still out there somewhere. Also, the peak is back where it's supposed to be in space, signifying return of sword. So with that, I'll turn it over to Brent to lead us in our discussion. All right, so this story had a ton of uh, different storylines, narrative arcs. Let's do our kind of best and worst. Which of the narrative arcs do you guys think worked out the best? What do you guys love about this crossover event? Dylan. I love that there was actually some important things that did actually happen at the end. Apocalypse is gone. The Captain Britain Corps is back, even though I don't like them. Uh, Betsy's still dead, so that's great. Some people might think that's awful, but Betsy's not a favorite of mine. Uh, the mutant species went from just a few hundred to now over a million. So, yeah, there were some good things like those that happened. Regina? I love all the new characters that we got. I am in love with Bay the Blood Moon. Mm -hmm. And it was so satisfying seeing Apocalypse be somebody's little bitch. <laughs> and that's the best thing I think I got out of that. <laughs> Wait, but he went from sub, he went from Dom to sub to Dom again. I mean, he came out pretty much on top though. I don't know. She, I think she's still got a leg up on him. I don't know if that's how they have sex, but you know. I think one of my favorite things, which is uh, extra podcast, but uh, was that this gave us the opportunity to create um, the hit Instagram morning show, Vicky <laughs> Kiana talking sore. Um, for me, that was just a personal pleasure. But I think that this storyline really built out a lot of fun things to play along with. That you know, there there's still tons of loose ends about. Um, different storylines they didn't really discuss, like the whole Green Beetle thing with 
death and uh, in the crooked market, um, or the fact that they talked so much about Stormbreaker, but never really did anything dramatic with it, um, that I think that that is going to leave a lot of doors open for other writers um, to take hold of. Caleb? First of all, it's Skybreaker, and it's Storm is the wielder. You illiterate fuck. No, no, Kalen, um, Kalen. It's like they're in a relationship like Brangelina. No, no, no. Don't pour Don't portmanteau your ignorance. No, 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 no. Um, no, I, uh, but in all seriousness, um, you know, I've been reading X-Men comics for quite a while, and I was really afraid that this crossover was going to collapse under its own weight. Uh, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't perfect. It definitely had its flaws, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, it had, you know, uh, a narrative arc that made sense overall. Um, it changed the status quo. Uh, and most importantly, and I've said this on our podcast a number of times, they didn't miss one goddamn deadline. Like, how amazing is that for a Marvel or any, like, one of the big two crossovers where every chapter came on time, the artwork mostly looked great, the story was mostly good. Um, you know, I was expecting, like, we were going to get chapter 12 before we got chapter 8 uh, and be like, well, fuck, you know, I don't know what the hell's going on. So, like, from a from a logistical standpoint, I have to just sort of tip my hat to... Marvel, Jordan White, Jonathan Hickman, Teeny Howard, and others who were part of this. And I have to throw out some love to Betsy Braddock. She <laughs> she's actually she's my favorite X-Man. So I'm gonna throw some love to her. I also love, I will say, Brett, my co-host who was not here, did predict that all of this would lead um that Betsy's death would lead to the bringing back of the Captain Britain Corps. And I do like that it is um, all Betsy Braddock. And wait, what's uh, um, the, the, the goose? Who's, what's, do you remember what the goose is? Violet is? Swan. Violet Swan. <laughs> I want a whole series of Violet Swan. Yes. <laughs> goose, Captain Britain. Um, and my other favorite thing is still um, Mr. Sinister and him in his cape is my other favorite thing from X of Swords. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, I think for me, what I love the most is just art, art, art. All the art was pretty much fantastic. Almost every issue. Um, LaRoz just continues to hit home run after home run, in my opinion. Uh, Phil Noto is, is just awesome. Um, I really enjoyed seeing Kassara's art without like the uh, drab x-force palette looked really good to me so i'm just really excited about the visual of the of the crossover any other favorites any other things you love about this I've, i'm quiet only just because i i did not love this crossover so i i i strain to find something i loved about it i disagree with you chandler my co-host i <laughs> loved everything about this I love the ridiculous contest. I, I loved that uh, Krakoa gets to be reunited with his love or its love. Is, is Krakoa, does Krakoa have a gender? Non-binary. Non-binary. Well, Krakoa and Iraq are, are back together again and that warms my heart because I felt really bad for Krakoa. It's like, you know, you're surrounded by all these people but you're not really among them. Um, so now Krakoa is reunited and um, I guess like the worst thing was uh, 
they didn't really use the swords that much. <laughs> like, I thought there was going to be more sword fighting. Yeah, okay, so let's get into that. Uh, uh, Chandler, uh, so if you didn't love, if there was nothing that you really loved about it, what, what storylines, what didn't have enough of a payoff for you? Was there anything that was, like, infuriatingly stupid in this crossover? Uh, well, where do I begin? Let's see. I mean, like, I, to me, it was a lot of just missed opportunity overall. I mean, what, so I'll just say what I wanted going into it and how it didn't deliver is what I wanted was more kind of death destruction, more lives on the line kind of thing. I felt like everybody got a little bit out unscathed, even Betsy, even though she's gone, allegedly, we all know she's coming back. And Summoner, nobody cared about. And Gorgon didn't even, nobody remembered who Gorgon was until suddenly they're like, oh yeah, by the way, there's a character Gorgon with two swords. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like the, I feel like we didn't lose anything. And what we gained out of it, um, I'm very happy that I guess Arako is back with Krakoa, but we didn't even know that Arako really existed until recently. So I wasn't invested in Krakoa's relationship with Arako at all. Um, the new characters, I find a little um, one-dimensional in a lot of cases. Some of them I really like, but most of them I find very uninteresting, except Bay. I think Bay is cool. Regina, I will give you that. <laughs> um, and overall, I just, I, I, I was expecting a bit more, and I just was met with a lot of confusion and misdirection and ultimately a tie at the end, you know, which was like, and it nothing happened except you saw a lot of art jason there was a lot of art <laughs> yeah chris and then yeah i i was just gonna say like you know some of the craziest things that happened i didn't like was the random like opaluno saturnine uh pulling the will of fortune card and then all of a sudden okay everything's better again like we're winning you know like there was no struggle i get it it's a will of fortune is a card of chance but I don't know. I felt like a cop out because they ran out of time to tell the story. So they're just like, let's wrap it up quick. Evil Jeff? Yeah, I feel like they set up these super high stakes. And I was expecting this character versus this character with their swords and one will die. And so when I read like, all right, you guys are going to go drink. Now you're going to slay the runway. I was like, <laughs> what? It literally just crapped on the stakes. Like I just, I felt like once it got back to like, okay, now Gorgon is going to battle this person. And then it's like, oh, Gorgon's going to be the one that actually does a sword battle. And Gorgon was a total red shirt. You knew he was going to die. Like you knew he was going in there just so they could get rid of him. I agreed that I felt more people needed to die. You can't sit there and be like, oh, it's a final death. And then nobody dies. Not even Gorgon's dead. X Factor, they're like, one panel is like, oh, we brought Gorgon back. I'm like, what? Anyone else see that in X Factor? Like, yeah, Gorgon's back, he's acting weird. I'm like, what? So they're doing that? So I don't know. That's the one thing that just, I felt that they set up these stakes and just didn't deliver on them. Caleb? Well, one, uh, if Gorgon's acting weird, how would you know? I mean, it's, <laughs> he's a pretty weird dude. So there's, there's that. Two, I actually, um, actually kind of like that it was a swerve that it wasn't all sword fights. Like some of them, some of the contests were like definitely ha-ha, tongue-in-cheek, but I, I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the whimsy of, of it a little bit. I think my my negative, one of my bigger negatives, I think, was some of the pacing. Um, I reread the entire 
crossover oh, wow. right before the final <laughs> three chapters came. I mean, I was at home. I I, I, I was at my parents' house for Thanksgiving. What the hell else was I going to do? It's over. Right. Can't go out and do anything, you know? May as well right. reread a bunch of comic books. Um, so I, um, I reread all of it, and I think they spent way too much time in the gathering of the swords mm-hmm. in the first half. And I liked some of it. Like, I think Storm and Wakanda was fantastic. Um, I liked the interaction between Ilyana and Doug. Like, all that stuff was really good character moments. But after the um, uh, the stasis issue is where the crossover got really interesting for me. Uh, and I didn't realize it until the reread happened. I was like, I think if they had moved that back a little bit further back in the crossover, I think uh, we could have had some of the stuff Evil Jeff that you wanted to see. Maybe some more sword fights on top of, the, or in conjunction with the more whimsical um, storylines. I just, just well, I, I don't mind that they didn't fight with the swords, but I felt every battle should have been to the death. So if it was a runway battle, fine, but it was a runway battle to like someone was going <laughs> to die. That's all that I wanted. Yes. Oh, it's 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 drag race rules. We got it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you're up for elimination, and they really mean it. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, I disagree with you, Kaylin, because I think this this whole thing could have just been them gathering swords. The entirety of it that they were like, every single issue, they just got like 10 extra new swords that they're throwing into a massive pile. And then there's Opal Luna Saturnine. Um, what I really would have liked is, you know, I'm fine with the balance between, you know, trying to balance out like, hey, there's got to be some serious stakes, but there's also got to be like some levity to it. I just think that it would have been more fun if like in every challenge, they at least had to use their swords in some way. So like you have to, to go back to the runway, you have to design an outfit around your sword. <laughs> Something like that. Or like you have to use your sword as like, you know, not just a key, but as a bottle opener, you know. Uh, Dylan? <laughs> well, Chandler can go first. Well, okay. no, I just want to say that, you know, all this talk of swords and gathering swords and sword, 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 can we just point out the missing sword in this equation? The Cerebro <laughs> sword? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why did we go through this whole dilemma of the island getting attacked and little Russian doll men stealing this sword, <laughs> skewering it through Quentin Choir, Mikhail Rasputin getting it, and then there's a giant sword leading up to Ten of Swords, and then it does plays zero role in Ten of Swords. So I think that is, I, I have, they need to explain, they have some explaining to do about that Cerebro sword. Dylan? Yeah, I, I think one of my things that I really hated the most about it was just the swords. I think when the event started, and I think on some of the first episodes of this crossover for the podcasts, I think there was some of us that were like, I really don't want to watch 10 sword fights, <laughs> but then we had like six comics of them collecting swords and three comics that had five information pages about what the swords do and what every one of the Araco mutants powers are. And then we see none of that. Like, why did we waste our time with that? Unless it's just like Brent said, or Kaylin said for it to come in way down the line and not be any part of this event. And then one other thing I hated, I hate that at the very end, it, the entire event looks like it could have just been done with a snap of Saturnine's fingers and <laughs> that it really just made it seem like this whole thing happened because Brian wouldn't sleep with her. Yeah. 
Oh, that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so weird. One, I mean, one hundred percent. I've done worse things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, started, uh, you know, interdimensional war. Yeah, makes sense. Kalen. <laughs> I, I will say the one thing that I definitely hated the most, and there are going to be people who disagree with me, is the repetition of the uh, pages from X Men Twelve to X Men Fourteen. Yeah, I've definitely talked about it before, and I understand um, Jake, who is friends with a lot of folks on this podcast, like said he loved it uh, because like it's all about you know the summoner being an unreliable narrator the first time around, and like that's a neat idea but I felt I paid $4 for the same goddamn comic like a month later. And it's like- But wait, were you the one glad that the deadlines were met? <laughs> Fair. See, it's, it's, so easy. it's so easy to make deadlines when you just reprint the same comics again. Fair. Fair, Fair. That's, that dragged me to hell. Uh, but uh, that was the one time where I felt like it was, an utter fail of of like the storyline that it just like re like reading x-men number 14 and then being like wait i've seen all this wait i've seen all this and going back to x-men 12 i'm like this is panel by panel the same art from len francis you and i felt incredibly cheated it was the one and only time even when there, the crossover didn't meet my expectations there were some weird wonky stuff and issues of excalibur sorry for those who love excalibur um but uh or or uh yeah, mostly Excalibur. The rest of the chapters were mostly fine. <laughs> but that one, that one um, just like made me actually angry because I love Jonathan Hickman and I love Len Francis Yu. I think they're both phenomenal creators. And just seeing like that bit of, I don't know, laziness just bothered me. Regina? Um, I have to agree that I don't think the stakes were met. We had so much buildup. I could have done without the Gathering of the Swords. There were a few that we did need the story about as far as, you know, like Cable Sword. We need to know that that, you know, was going to, um, that that had bigger stakes in the end. That was one of the few I felt that actually had a payoff. Like, okay, so they go into space and then there's these creepy little things and they steal the sword and, oh my God, it's a key. And, oh my God, now we've got, you know, this plot device that can save everybody. But the fact that Betsy basically died, I mean, nobody except Brian even gave a crap. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, and he kept harping on it. He's like, hey, you guys, what the hell? Evil Jeff gave a crap. I was going to say evil, <laughs> evil Jeff, you and Brian, that's it. That's <laughs> it. And it was only like a page and a half practically of action. And then poof, she's gone. And oh my God, we have a wedding and a funeral in the same book. Like, that's great. I love Bay and Doug, but I need a little more emotional reach for that. And I didn't get that. Um, so that made me upset. And the thing about the pacing is that with the the actual contest, again, there's really not any stakes. It could have been as simple as, okay, if you lose this contest, then you have to give up a pint of blood. I don't know, something, something <laughs> that everybody has, a loser actually has to lose. <laughs> um, so let's move on to, oh, sorry, Jason. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad actually Kaylin beat me to the punch because I, I try not to crap on creators too much, but, um, yeah, Scalver, like every time it came out, it's like, 
the issue or like slammed on the brakes. It's like, ah, <laughs> you know, like things are kind of moving, moving. And then what is this? So I think Excalibur was probably my least favorite part of the event overall. Um, I agree. All right. So <laughs> uh, of the characters, um, so who of the kind of classic known characters either impressed you, were you surprised by, or you know, had had something you thought that was interesting that happened in this crossover. Uh, Chandler, and then Chris. Uh, I'll just say the one classic character moment that I enjoyed was Wolverine crying when he had to look at all of the victims he killed, and like White that, Sword yeah. not crying because <laughs> apparently he doesn't <laughs> care. I want to say everything about Storm being a badass. And she's been yeah. a badass since the beginning. She's consistently been amazing. And I loved how she got to have that Disney princess uh, ballroom dance. I, I loved her fight scene with death. Uh, everything about uh, her existence in this crossover event was stellar. I, I even loved when she went over and picked up the sword in Wakanda. I, I enjoyed seeing that interaction. So Storm rocks. Yeah, Storm does rock. I'm going to jump onto the Storm thing. And and because people had talked previously about how um, Skybreaker wasn't actually used, but I do kind of like that switch of that's the one where we actually had a battle where the stakes were high. She was drunk. And then he's like, haha, you can't use your powers. And she's like, bitch, go read issue 201. <laughs> I do not need my powers to win a one-on-one -on -one yes. fight. And so it kind of like just harkened back to that run, like this bitch doesn't need her powers. And so that was, I wanted all the fights to be like that storm fight. That yeah. one was so, she was so awesome. Dylan. Um. I was going to say the storm thing too, <laughs> but, uh, All right. and, and now we're back with storm talk. <laughs> uh, when it comes to people fighting storm, you have a better chance of winning against her when she does use her powers. So there's that. And I don't necessarily like apocalypse a lot, but I think he got a huge payoff in this event because we never really knew anything about apocalypse and why he wanted the fittest. So I like that we finally got some answers to Apocalypse. Kevin? Well, Dylan just stole mine, but um, I also love Let them talk about Storm. No one's mentioned her. Uh, not, not at all. <laughs> hey, hey, Brent, have a taste. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, my, um, if it's not Apocalypse, I think it was Doug Ramsey, um, I think was sort of the unsung hero in a lot of ways um, in this. Like, I love that, like, he was being trained by magic to fight a, a battle that he couldn't win. Uh, he ended up meeting, I guess, the love of his life. Sorry, Warlock. Sorry, Krakoa. Uh, but like, uh, Bay the Blood Moon is definitely uh, a phenomenal new character. I cannot wait to see their interaction. And I love that like he fell in love because he couldn't understand her. Like, it is such a great Doug moment. Um, it, I don't know. It just made me very, very happy. Chandler, you want to uh, say something about that? Just really quick. I mean, is there is there any remark about Warlock having not a single line of dialogue for all <laughs> issues of the battle? I mean, after Stasis, like Warlock doesn't Self even show his sad. head to, at his own best friend's wedding. <laughs> like, where? Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's a uh, positive for Warlock's character. <laughs> the less he speaks, the more I like him. <laughs> I also, I also, there, I think there's a lot of uh, writing around um, 
earlier on, it's it's there's this kind of like break where some of the because it's rushed, it becomes harder and harder to get good lines of dialogue for different characters. Like I really felt like Magic in the second half was a lot weaker as a character. She was more of like just a a plot device, someone to just say words so that things would move along. But compared to the beginning when she's kind of, you know, looking after Cypher, um, I like that a lot more. Um, there was one other character I thought had the same thing, but I can't remember who. Um, were there any new characters that you guys um, really loved, want to see more, or maybe didn't like as much? Um, and why is it Pog or Pog? Evil <laughs> <laughs> Um, Iska the Unbeaten, she's a character where I love her powers, but I, I don't think her character is there yet, but maybe she could be. But just the idea of her powers uh, fascinates me. But right now she didn't really do that much except like kind of say some catty lines to Betsy and that was it. So do you worry that a character like Iska has the kind of like, like the Boba Fett problem that they seem really cool and awesome because I'm imposing badassness on them. <laughs> I don't have many lines of dialogue or anything. Yeah, I like the powers more than the character. Yeah. Any other characters people like, disliked? Regina. Well, obviously I'm in love with Bay the Blood Moon. She's Bay, so she's, she's like, I was kind of split at first. I didn't know if I loved her more or Red Root more. And now she's got everything like she just had so much more characterization um, but I do love Red Root I'm like why did we leave her in the crooked market we have to save her ass <laughs> so yeah we need to mount an expedition to go rescue her from freaking Jim Jasper <laughs> um, and I do love Iska too her design I really loved her design and Dylan I'm sorry but I'm not mad that war killed the kitten it all fair is all the more, and she had to do what she had to do. <laughs> We're awful. Um, I agree with the thoughts. I thought Iska was going to be my favorite coming out of this, but she kind of didn't really do anything except for look cool. And I'm actually surprised that I super really enjoy White Sword. I thought he was just going to be this big, boring nothing but he has a lot of character and like honor so i like that and i also like rill rill's that stupid fish that's with opal all the time <laughs> like rill i want her to have more dialogue that's actually nemo's mother um but, uh, that's where uh, she did, went i did think it was interesting about the the white sword that part of his his story according according to the Arakans was that he went crazy. But then as you kind of see how principled he is, you kind of begin to realize, oh no, all the other horsemen of the apocalypse just went batshit insane up <laughs> in their little, you know, tower area. Uh, Kaylin? Um, maybe not my favorite, but one I think that deserves a little bit of attention is Solemn. Yeah. Uh, because he's, I think to me, he's like Dokken done right. Sorry, Dylan, I know you're a fan <laughs> of Dokken. Uh, and his and his and his very uh, his abs, all of his abs. Uh, but uh, I, I think Solemn one. I love that he is a pansexual character. Very cool. Uh, two, um, he's amoral but not necessarily evil. 
uh, I like that he uh, ended up winning his battle by uh, uh, making a deal with Wolverine like several chapters before it happened. And then, you know, um, um, making Wolverine fight his battle. I'm like, that is so such a smart strategic thing to do. And uh, Benjamin Percy, who writes both Wolverine and X-Force, has said that he created Solemn or co-created Solemn to make sure that he could continue to exist to be an antagonist slash, you know, ally of Wolverine moving forward. And I think there's a lot of potential there for him. Jason. Yeah, same page on Solemn. Very much looking forward to him showing up uh, further in my podcast down the line. Um, and then also, since we know Bay is going to be around, I'm really crossing my fingers that they show up in cable songs. I really enjoy Noto's interpretation of Bay. That was just supreme looking. Yeah. Um, uh, Chandler. Well, I'm actually going to take the bait and say Pogger Pog is my favorite new character because he's a big, you know, alligator dinosaur that rhymes um, or alligator pajama person that rhymes. And I just uh, I really enjoyed him and his jolliness, so to speak, because he definitely had some great quips. Were you pleased that what comes out of the Pogger Pog is this hideous little troll? Yoda change that at all or would you keep the I don't mind either way because ultimately it is the the ride it's it is the the alligator pajama so to speak that that is um entertaining but if if the dude inside is making all the rhymes I love I love the 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 cleverness of it so I'm 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 okay with the with the little troll inside as well Chandler you totally stole mine like, I love Parker Pog, too. And I loved the interaction between him and Magic. I just want to see them go at it all the time. <laughs> They're hilarious together. Like, remember when he call, uh, she called him Chonky? <laughs> 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 I, just, I just love it. So um, what do you guys think about um, Annihilation as a character? Do you think that this is something you want to see much further down the line? Is it does it have a lot of room for potential or does Annihilation come off as just a simple stock, big, bad uh, Chandler? Boring, you know, no, <laughs> no depth whatsoever. Ooh, an evil force that wants to destroy everything. Okay. So we've, <laughs> we've seen that a thousand million quadrillion times. Like I literally. Okay. Have... Well, if we've seen it a thousand million quadrillion times, name everyone. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. Strap in. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, I mean, I think, th I think the panel of judges will agree that that to have a villain that just wants to destroy for the sake of destroying is just boring. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole symbiote. All right, the judges agree. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about the art uh, and the look a little bit. Um, you know, were there any artists you thought really, who really knocked it out of the park for you? You know, were there any outfits or looks that you made you gag? Uh, and which character do you think could, you, you could come up with the best Halloween costume for? Kaylin? So uh, Pepe Larraz has become probably now my favorite X-Men artist of all time. I'm including like John Byrne, Jim Lee, Frank Quietly, Paul Smith, like all these guys, like Pepe Larraz is so fucking good. Uh, I cannot get enough of him. Um, Design-wise, I think um, Iska and 
Regina, I know mentioned it earlier, but I think Iska's design was just flawless. Uh, and if I could do a Halloween costume, I mean, I'd love to do Pog or Pog, uh, but I'd probably just be solemn wearing a trench coat because you know me, Brian. <laughs> Lazy. Yes, I do know you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Honestly, those, the, <laughs> the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse had the look that they, you could, you could get a squad together and someone could do the giant, you know, red circle hat. Uh, someone's wearing a jackal head. Uh, it's someone lights their head on fire. You know, it's a very <laughs> uh, Jeff. And then but I will just say though, if you if you show up in West Hollywood as death, they're gonna think you're like a pup play fetish guy, and and, <laughs> and what's wrong? You might, with that? Get, you might not get what you think you're getting. <laughs> we, we don't think shame here. We don't think shame. Here. <laughs> just be prepared. <laughs> Dylan. Um, I want to say that I was pleasantly surprised by Phil Noto's art, just like Jason was saying. Um, and the New Mutants issue where Doug was fighting with magic, not necessarily the Doug or magic parts of it, but Exodus looked amazing in those issues. Um, I do agree that Pepe's art is great, like Kaylin said, but with more and more preview art for Sword, I'm not sure if Pepe's art is as great as it is the colorist, which is Marte Gracia, because the artist that's for Sword, when those issue preview pages came out, like I thought that was Pepe to begin with, but it was just the same colorist. And so I don't know if Pepe's art would look as good if it had a different colorist. And as for the dressing up, I would, I was actually upset that death wasn't a dog, but I would like to <laughs> dress up like that. Uh, Kaylin and then Jason. Uh, well, just point of clarification, Dylan, I hate correcting you because you're a friend, but that issue of New Mutants was drawn by Rod Reese. Dang it, yes, Phil it was. <laughs> you but, Rod, but Rod Reese is also a terrific artist, so we can celebrate several of the uh, yes. artists that are on uh, that are on this crossover. Jason, yeah, awesome. I think I've I've sung Larazas and Notos and Kassara's praises. I want to agree with Dylan. I think one of the real unsung heroes of the event was the colorist from Gracia, like Dylan mentioned, to David Curiel. Um, just the colors really brought the art to life. And if I was gonna do Halloween, I would have a bag of, of a broken colored glass. <laughs> I love that. I wanna change mine. I, I wanna carry around the pieces. <laughs> you just got a bag of glass and cards that you're just- Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> is, is anyone else disappointed that Gambit didn't come charge the tarot cards at some point? Nope. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> oh, I would have wanted to see that. That would be cool. How fun would that have been? <laughs> or why not tarot herself? Oh, yeah. You know? where was tarot and all I know this? she had some why info didn't... page moments, but. Yeah, we got some didn't... emails from her. Right? <laughs> yes, I know, right? <laughs> Thank God we had those emails. Yeah. But, you know, I would have. Snapchat. You know, when all the when all of the mutants come charging in in destruction, that's a great moment to be like, tarot is there. Look, this whole thing is all about tarot cards, and she actually gets a moment. But no, we didn't get that. Another letdown. Thank you. Well, okay. So if if you could have um, switched out, 
you know, there was a lot of characters who said they really wanted to fight. Uh, Silver Samurai, uh, Nightcrawler, Kate Pride, Exodus. There are a lot of people who wanted to join in. If there's someone you could take from, from Krakoa and swap them in, who would you swap in and who would you swap out? I actually, you said it with uh, Kate Pride because Kitty Pride and Saturnin have a deep history in the original Excalibur. And so I think she would have been really interesting on other worlds since she spent a lot of time on there in that original run. Who would you take out? Who would I take out? Gorgon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan. Um, I would actually put someone like, I mean, I'm not going to be a, a person that says I want to take everyone out, but I kind of wish that we would have had more characters like Gorgon. I would have preferred Shatterstar to be there, but I let, would have preferred it to be actual swordsmen that had to save Earth instead of, oh, let's give sword a, or Storm a sword. Let's give all these characters who have never had swords before, let's have the fate of Earth actually be with people who use swords. And I would have taken Storm out because I don't think she should have been a major player in a sword event. Chandler. Well, I'm just going to point out that there was only really nine swordsmen, so we have room for more. But <laughs> I will. I would like to add definitely Kate Pride, uh, definitely Nightcrawler. And I think, uh, I think I would like to see Callisto get down and dirty in Otherworld. Uh, I would take out Storm for sure. Um, I think Wolverine is way overused, so he can go. And I also because he can't really die. So I feel like it's so low stakes to have Wolverine <laughs> in any sort of battle because you're like, well, he's survived everything. So he's going to survive this. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I feel a little Gorgon, I think, is great to be in there to be cannon fodder to, to die in other worlds. So we feel like there is some sort of death. But um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Kate and Nightcrawler and Callisto in this battle. Uh, Caitlin. Uh, I would like to have seen Magneto um, instead of Captain Avalon. Um, I know why he was in there, like, because he, you know, Opal is just super thirsty for him. But, like, one, he's not even, a, he's not a mutant. Sorry, I don't mean to play that card, but he's not a mutant. Uh, and I just found, um, I just find him kind of dull on his own. I think he's good in a team setting when he's got like Megan and like Nightcrawler and like a drinking problem <laughs> and a drinking problem. My favorite teammate, um, like as, as foils for him, because he's just, he's kind of like, you know, kind of a dumb beefcake kind of a guy. Um, uh, and so I just sort of found his contest, even though it was up against Red Root, who I enjoy kind of, kind of dumb. I don't know. I didn't, I, that was probably one of my least favorite fights uh, or, fights it was, it was a race uh in and uh the crooked market uh but magneto being there i think would have been just a lot of fun uh jason and then chris yeah for an event that sprung a large part out of excalibur as far as the build-up it's really disappointing that rogue who had a pretty big part in the first several issues of excalibur just completely disappeared um so i think i would have liked to her to have been a little more involved and i guess take out either Captain Avalon or, or I mean, can't take out Captain Britain herself, but maybe that would have been <laughs> a good sub for me too. 
it doesn't make sense, but you know, if I'm writing the rules, why not? Well, for me, originally, I was going to say Wolverine like Chandler did, but if we took him out, then we wouldn't have gotten those awesome scenes where he totally failed at, you know, <laughs> doing the catwalk and like, you know, the drinking competition. And those were gold. So I want to keep Wolverine. Um, Brent? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, if Gorgon, for example, if all of his stuff was him having sex with rocks, then I think... <laughs> <laughs> if that was all of his competitions i would say that's this pace for itself mm-hmm. uh but gorgon to me i mean like you know it was so obvious he was a red shirt so i probably to, to just to raise the stakes because somebody has to die get rid of gorgon and this is who i want to bring in now hear me out okay like Jesus. i understand that emma frost was not in this because she looks exactly like opal luna saturday <laughs> they might as well be twins they they look the same they act the same everything the same but what if they were to face off against each other have we seen this in comics before any of you experts know i don't think, know? So. No. I, don't think I, so. I would have loved emma to be there so that they could have a face off because i feel as if their um prowess is equal to each other so it would have been an interesting battle like five seconds into it emma would be like i just read saturnine's mind and we don't have to do any of this <laughs> <laughs> I think Saturnine would block any mental mental manipulations. It would just be exchanging clothes after like five minutes. <laughs> That's all they would be doing. Both of them are like, we don't want to get this beautiful white <laughs> dirty. Um, so thinking back to before this kind of began, did did you guys have any predictions about the alpha issue from the from when we started, you know, kind of our alpha issue? that came true, which of your predictions didn't really come out so great. Um, now would be the time to apologize to all of your audience members for guessing wrong. Jason? Well, half and half, right? I really, I think I got it right that Cable Sword would play a big role, but I completely missed, because I really thought since that sword, since that first sword, what was it called, I don't remember, from Annihilation split the islands in half. Twilight Sword. Twilight Sword. Twilight Sword, yeah. And Cable Sword in had been talked about as like reforming worlds and terraforming and stuff like that. I thought his sword would like kind of join the land back together. And so obviously I was was wrong there. Chandler? Well, I had, uh, I don't know if it was a, a prediction or more, just a strong wish that Betsy would die in the in the competition, which I guess is correct-ish. <laughs> <Hate her>. um, <laughs> what, what I'm going to apologize to all three listeners that are tuning in right now is that I really wanted Mystique <laughs> to uh, burn down the Arboretum while everyone was off in Otherworld so she can get some nasty revenge on people because they're doing destiny dirty and obviously mystique had zero role in any of this and i apologize to those few ears that are listening you, you don't actually have to apologize by the way everyone else i'm uh, really sorry yeah <laughs> <laughs> chris so um i the last time i was on this homeless superior podcast i 100 predicted that the competition was going to be ridiculous things and not sword fights i said you know what i want I want the fashion runway. I want to dance off. I want arm wrestling. And, you know, it sounded ridiculous, but my wish came true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as like, uh, th what was the other one? Things that didn't work out that I thought was going to happen. 
I thought there was going to be more death. I was, I was waiting, you know, the, I, the, going into the tunnel, they said, hey, if you go into that tunnel, through that gate, on the other side, over another world, you ain't coming back if you die. And I thought more people were going to die. Uh, Evil Jeff. I um, still want to once again bring up that Brett did predict, my co-host did predict that Betsy would die and bring back the Captain Britain Corps. Um, and uh, so we got that right. But I was convinced in those early tarot card uh, preview pictures, it looked like Magneto was in that. And I really thought he was gonna come with the Cerebro sword and like be the 10th person in the end. And that didn't happen and probably should have. Dylan? Um, I don't really remember anything that I predicted, so I, I can't think of anything to apologize for. Well, it says here that you predicted the existence of Bay the Blood Moon, so that was right. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I think after the first, whatever the f- first chapter was of Ten of Swords creation, uh, yeah, I think every everybody was predicting that Monet was going to have a way bigger part in this and that she would maybe most likely take Saturnine's spot. And I didn't want it to happen, but I figured it was going to happen because I love Monet and comic books tend to not usually like her. So I thought they were going to do that and make her disappear into limbo, but I'm happy that didn't happen because she's most likely going to be a part of the X core that's going to start sometime soon. So I'm, Happy that didn't happen. In the same vein, I predicted, uh, or I thought, you know, really thought there was going to be a lot more rock slide in this, and uh, they disposed of him pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, Regina. Well, I suck at guessing. I never guess anything right, ever. But I could never have predicted that Storm and Wolverine were going to have a drinking contest and get all flirty. And I was going to get super excited. They were going to have sex on the table or something and get cock blocked by Marvel. So fucking thank you, Marvel, for cock blocking me. <laughs> Got my hopes up and just dashed. Yeah. Kaylin. Well, I predicted that Homo Superior was going to get even more sexual, and it happened anytime <laughs> Dylan was on. Uh, but it happened even more when Regina was on. So, uh, yes, House of X uh, should be House of Sex, really. But, um... House of <laughs> XXX. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was better. Um, so, uh, the next phase is going to be the Reign of X. Um, what are you guys looking forward to the most uh, from the Reign of X? Are there any titles that you're excited about? Any storylines that you really like to see followed up that we haven't mentioned before? Jason? Well, my favorite part of the whole event was finally Scott and Gene being like, you know what? Screw this. We're going to X-Men this shit. And I'm really looking forward to them just being X-Men again. I've really enjoyed all the Dawn of X stuff leading up to this, but one thing that's been kind of missing is just that we're the X-Men, damn it. And I'm really looking forward to that. Chandler. Two things. One that I'm going to post to the panel of judges is I'm very excited about new council members coming into the to the fold. And so I'm going to put it to a vote. Show of hands. It's going to be Callisto. Oh, yeah. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, why not? She was it's a, not gonna a happen, but I wish. It's not going to happen. I know, no? I know. She, <laughs> she led a whole nation underground. She knows how to rule. She can definitely be on a council of people. But um, anyways, the other thing that I am 
looking forward to them addressing, and I don't know why it didn't come into play into Ten of Swords, is the whole giant brood army that they're suddenly in control of. <laughs> like, you know, they have a horde army that they're fighting with a handful of mutants that if they die, they can't come back. Why didn't they send in the brood army that replicate each other like crazy? Just like wipe out the horde army. I, I just, it's so short-sighted in my opinion. You can blame you can blame Polaris for that because she had the prophecy that she got from Saturnine. Dylan, um, I'm excited. I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but the Reign of X promo thing showed Penance slash Monet, so I'm glad that we're gonna maybe get more of that. And you got to see Angel and Archangel behind her, so I'm excited. One to just see Monet. But two, I hope they maybe explain the fact that Monet couldn't turn into Penance before House of X. So why can't she now? So yeah, I'm excited for more Monet. Regina. Um, I have to agree with Jason. I was so happy to see Scott stand up to the council and say, fuck you guys. We got to do the right thing. This is my fucking kid. And I'm going to go save his ass. So way to go, dad, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm also really excited to see a lot of kind of back burner characters that are going to be showing up in the books. I'm super excited to see Frenzy. Um, so that's like number one on my list. Um, but I'm also really excited to see, um, like we know that Cameron Hodge is coming back. Is he going to be a recurring villain or is it just going to be a one-time thing? Who knows? But he creeps me out. He makes my stomach hurt. And I kind of like that. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to seeing what the hell he's going to do next. Uh, Kaylin and then Evil Jeff. Uh, Evil Jeff can go first. Um, I am very much looking forward to the exquisite revenge plot of Emma Frost and Kitty Pride that will end in some mm. brutal demise of Sebastian Shaw. <laughs> I just know. And I also am just waiting for the the break the obvious breakup of Iceman and Christian because Christian is kind of aware of some of these things so that breakup is going to be awful and he's going to need someone else to love him maybe Dakin <laughs> I don't know <laughs> okay. Okay. yeah well Dakin is definitely a rebound and Christian is definitely a fuck boy so yeah that's definitely going to happen uh, but the thing I'm kind of really looking forward to it's uh, everything y'all have said I agree with but. Uh, in the promo for Reign of X, um, at the very bottom right, you started. You saw uh, Darwin uh, and Sink and uh, oh, Laura yeah. coming out of the children the, the, the vault. I want, I want that to be followed up so badly because that was one of my favorite issues of X Men before all of this started. Um, and Laura should just be Wolverine. Logan can just be Logan, and Laura should be Wolverine. Marvel should have never made her X twenty three back again. I think that was a bad move. You know, just Give her the man the mantle. As the official Wolverine podcast, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm excited for the fact that the traded over mutant to the Krakoa side is Arako, because one of my favorite parts of the Dawn of X storyline is has been that you know there's a lot of interesting geopolitics and continuing conflict and development of this new country. And now you've got this island that has millions of additional new mutants on it. And what that will mean for the, our world, 
um, I think is very interesting and there's so many possibilities that they can do. Uh, Kaylin, then Chris. Um, yeah, actually that I'm very looking forward to as well. And in our last episode of Homo Superior, I brought up the fact that there could be a dynamic where you have an oppressed class of the Krakoan uh, mutants oppressing the Arakan mutants. Cause you've seen that happen, you know, in real life uh, where you have one oppressed class, you know, oppressing another even more oppressed class. Uh, and I think there's uh, some wonderful story ideas that can come from it. So for me, I'm looking forward to uh, the marriage story between Krakoa and Arako, and I want them to be like an old married couple that, you know, get grumpy with each other and <laughs> like, you know, kind of takes it out on all the mutants uh, around them. Uh, so I think it's good. it'll be fun if they explore their relationship. Uh, they, they always have to force Cypher to never let the other finish each other's sentences. <laughs> um, so before we uh, kind of uh, close out with our shining sword kind of favorite moment, um, there were a lot of gay queer things that happened in this story. Uh, so Saturnine set up a whole event to get some dick. And when her grinder hookup shows up, it's Betsy Braddock. Uh, <laughs> Storm and Wolverine have a drink off and a runway walk off. I want to know what are some of your favorite gay queer moments in this crossover that might not have been explicitly gay, but kind of feel it like they were. Um, any banter between King Jamie and Mr. Sinister, <laughs> it might as well have just been like Liberace and Paul Lind, <laughs> like in my opinion. <laughs> and I was here for it. <laughs> uh, my personal one is um, um, the, uh, the X, is it the X Factor team that uh, they've got Princess Silk Mane and they finally Hellions. To, uh, uh, the Hellions, the Hellions, and they make it to Araco. And Princess Silk Mane looks like she is hungover showing up for brunch. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel you, girl. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> you felt the weight of 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? before we do our, our last one, which is our actual favorite moment. Uh, okay, so what's your shining sword moment of all of 10 of swords? Your favorite thing, your favorite moment that happened throughout this? Um, and obviously that's a big question. Um, Chandler. I'll, I'll just go because it's it, it, it made me very, very happy, but Violet Swan, as Jeff mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> made me very happy. I didn't know what I was witnessing, but I just was all for it. And I was like, who is this? And who is the frog? Because I need a whole like run on the animal, the new animal Britain Corps. So that was my shining sword, shining sword moment. Dylan. Uh, my favorite moment, besides the fact that we got to see Warpath, for a millisecond in, <laughs> in the very last book and we haven't seen him forever was again in the creation issues of getting to see Monet being a sassy bitch to Saturnine. Like again, more confusion between Emma and Saturnine because Monet is always a sassy bitch to Emma. And so now she just continues to be a sassy bitch to this other white blonde woman. So <laughs> I loved it. I was probably with say like my favorite was uh 
the fact that, you know, Jubilee came crashing in just at the right moment <laughs> in the end. And I loved how Shogo uh, was a massive dragon. And, you know, I, I felt like he was in danger, but no, they took care of him and he wasn't hurt. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like Jubilee crashing in with all those other, um, or, or, I'm sorry, were they elves, wood elves? Sure. That was so green, the priestesses, green, thank green, you. Green priestesses, yeah. The green priestesses. I thought that was badass. I love Jubilee. Kaylin. Uh, I liked uh, Chekhov's sword, AKA the peak, because in creation number one, uh, it the issue ended with Saturnine saying, raise your sword, and they showed peak, which I wasn't expecting. And then it was in destruction, which is how Cyclops, Gene, and all the various X characters like came through. And yes, it was the third or second or third cavalry moment. You know, we had the green priestesses, we had the Viscora, we had them, but I definitely turned into like a 12 year old kid again when I saw them coming in to kind of save the day. It just made me very happy. Evil Jeff. Um, for me, I mentioned it before, but the storm, the fight with storm and death. I wanted all of the fights to be like that. I love storm. It was a fun, I feel like she's been so neglected for so many years. Yes. It's like, finally, I'm like, can we please give her the due diligence that she deserves? Jason? Yeah, I think, uh, as I said earlier, the, the Scott and Jean moment of being X-Men, and then uh, to repeat what Jeff just said, um, so Storm doing the Clash of the Titans, reflecting the death back at himself out of the sword. It was, it was kind of cheeky, but kind of fun, and I, I really liked it, and just I love Storm. So there you go. Regina? My shining storm moments. Ugh. My shining, <laughs> shining storm moments. Storm. <laughs> <laughs> just talk about our favorite storm moments. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously the moment with her and Wolverine, but my follow up to that would be Saturnized disappointment when she finished putting together the glass puzzle. <laughs> like you knew it was going to form Betsy because even before you put that last bit in yeah. there, <laughs> what do I do? Right. she just like the whole weight of fuck. I did all this shit for nothing. <laughs> like, didn't she look at the box before she put the puzzle? Right. <laughs> I was like, that's what you get. You bitch. <laughs> oh, I have to fuck Betsy now. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, my shining sword moment was um, the fact that there's a dinner party and for no reason they decided to put a full, long, just unnecessary menu uh, <laughs> to show what people are going to be eating. And I liked it. it. It felt like, okay, you're filling out the world in this weird, un unnecessary way. And it was delightful. Um, okay. so our actual last question um, everyone but Kaylin, who is your favorite Homo Superior podcast member? Dylan. Well, I think since I was on like three episodes, that makes me a cast member. So I choose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect answer. The other acceptable answer is Clark. <laughs> All right, Kaylin, I'll toss it over to you. All right. Uh, before we we officially close out. I'd love to give everybody a chance to promote their podcast and where listeners can find them. So we'll start with the order that we started with uh, at the beginning of the podcast. So Regina and Dylan. Well, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> 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 
this is not alcoholic. It's just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Red Queen of X. And you can, Dylan, where the hell can you find us? <laughs> Our social media. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Spotify and iTunes and everywhere. Just type in House of X and you'll find it. Um, I did want to quickly say one other shining sword moment was I am really happy that you guys did this. I had a lot of fun getting to do this with all of Homo Superior, but I really liked doing it with the X Reads and Schnicked and Comic Book Queer Legacy. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Very, very fun. Um, for the Wolverine podcast, I guess, Nick, you can find us on all the typical podcast stuff. And then uh, Twitter is at Snickcast. And again, echoing what Dylan said, thank you all very much for point, pulling this together. It was a lot of fun. And you can follow me at Evil Jeff on Instagram, The Evil Jeff on Twitter, and then Comic Book Queers on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find Comic Book Queers, CBQ Legacy um, on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that fun shit. <laughs> <laughs> and because I read off our social media stuff after every episode, I'm going to let Chris do it this time. Oh, man, Chandler. Okay, fine. You can find us at Instagram and Twitter and the face. Are we on Facebook? Yes. You can find us on also <laughs> the Spotify and Apple and um, you know, basically all those podcast places where you can listen to the podcast things at X Reads Podcast. And uh, for <laughs> nice job, Chris. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, Dylan is actually now a part of Homo Superior. Brent, you're now part of House of X. This is the trade-off. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Dylan, you're Apocalypse, and you're our Rocco. So enjoy. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm ready to be a cast member of Talking Swords anytime. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. I, you know, it's very delightful that I'm so happy that Talking Swords has and unable to film our last several episodes because of scheduling conflicts. Once you get such high profile uh, performers, uh, it becomes really difficult to get them to settle down on a time. We've <laughs> yeah, made it. They're, pre uh, they're lazy prima donnas is what Brent is trying to say. But where you can find Homo Superior is on Spotify, iTunes, uh, on SoundCloud. You can interact with us on Twitter at Homo Superior X and Instagram Homo Superior Podcast. And as Brent mentioned, Talking Swords, um, not quite every Tuesday, but when it comes out, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and we're also on, uh, individually, we're on uh, House of X, the face, Facebook group that both Dylan and Regina run. And they run really well because it's a lot of fun. Um, and we love to talk about uh, latest issues of X-Men and what we think is going to be coming up. So, um, I just want to thank all of you uh, for making time. I know uh, you are all have busy day jobs. You have your own podcasts. Uh, and the fact that you were able to like make time in your schedules to do this, um, this is one of the favorite things that I've ever done, period, uh, being a longtime X-Men fan. So uh, this was a blast. And I hope uh, we can do this again for the next X-Men crossover. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. I had so much fun. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>